Radio shows you love from the people you know. This is Sam Talks Technology. Hello, good afternoon and welcome everybody. And I'm really excited. I've got a superstar guest on today. Um, she is a lady who I've known probably about 10 plus years. It's amazing to say welcome Hermione Way. Hello, I'm excited. This is uh, awesome. <laughs> now, Hermione, let me just give people a, a little bit of a flavor of who you are and what we're going to talk about. So Hermione is a communications strategy expert and is very good at helping startups uh, and hyper growth companies get moving. Um, but she has been an amazing lady over the 10 years I've known her. She started out with a, a online news media company called Newspaper, then Tech Fluff. She had her own TV show in America called Bravo. She's worked for The Next Web. She's worked for TechCrunch. Um, she's had her own co-founded company called Vibees. We're going to talk a lot about that. She's been the head of communications for Tinder. I will take a breath in a minute because it's such a long list. And to top it all, she's just brought out a book as well. Now, Hermione, that's a lot. Take a deep breath. I need to. Oh, wow. <laughs> you've been a busy, busy lady. I and, have. Oh, I have. And I forgot you've got two kids in between. You know, those two projects that you started. Yeah, they're gorgeous. That's my, they're my, definitely the hardest, but the best startup, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, where do we find you today? Not physically, but I mean, what location? You're, you're I based am based now in Suffolk. Uh, so about an hour and 20 minutes north of Liverpool Street Station um, and about an hour to the beach in Southwold. So. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And um, so let's, let's start off with, what are your skill sets? Your, your, I was saying earlier to you offline, you know, you're, you're verified on both Twitter and you're verified on Facebook. Most people don't get a verification, so that's mm. pretty cool. I think you're maxed out on your... I that's a thing now, being verified. <laughs> There's even songs about it, you know? I know, I know. I, know. I, I always get messages from people like, how do I, excuse me, ma'am, how do I get blue tick? And I'm like, I don't know, it just came when I did my TV show. <laughs> yeah, you have to be famous to get there. Yeah, exactly. Now, um, with what you what you've do today which is helping companies um how did you get into this business of starting helping companies what's your background where did you start okay let's go back to the very beginning so my career started in about 2007 i was doing a degree in journalism at london metropolitan university and they were teaching me newspaper journalism and none of it made sense to me because i'm like hold on a minute when i graduate i'm not going to be working in at newspapers i'm going to be working at a digital in digital publishing and uh, so I looked for organizations in London that could teach me digital training and nothing existed. So I, I just thought, fine, I'm going to set up my own company that trains media students in digital uh, skills. And that was Newspepper. So I set up a company called newspepper.com and we grew to about 250 freelance students on our books. And we would do uh, basically corporate videos for companies like Facebook um, all over the world and and we'd basically hire students and graduates looking for part-time work and um, produce mainly video sort of reports and communications. And, um, and yeah, that's sort of, that took off. And then it kind of showed to me that, hey, I can actually make something happen and, and do something. And at the same time, the London technology scene was very exciting in London, which is where I met you. Um, you know, it was probably about 100 people big then. Um, but it was sort of the, the pre, pre, uh, pre.com boom that we've, we've had been, been living in for the past 10 years. And, um, and yeah, I met Mike Butcher, the editor of TechCrunch, and, you know, he saw that I was running around with my video camera and then he said, Hey, you should 
come and do some video for TechCrunch. So I did that and uh, set up another blog to kind of report on the, uh, the London tech scene. Um, and then from there, I kept like reading because I was getting more into tech. I kept reading about Silicon Valley, about where, you know, the, the place where all technology, the epicenter of technology was. And I just thought I have to get to, to Silicon Valley. And, um, and then at, in the meantime, I was doing some work for the next web in Amsterdam, which is like a tech publication. And then they were like, hey, um, you know, we're looking for somebody in the US. And I sort of pitched them that I should be their video person and set up their US operations there. And they were game. And I got the contract and moved. I just got on a plane and moved there. And Boris, who runs the next web, just sold it, didn't he, to the Financial Times? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and as I said to you offline, and I'll say it online, of course, you made lots of money and you're happily retired now. <laughs> I wish, I wish. No, I'm still struggling, <laughs> still hustling. Boris, if you're listening, I think you owe her a little bit of the uh, sellout. Yeah, definitely. Check, check on its way. Um, okay, so you're in the Valley. Um, you've got lots of friends out there. Michael Birch, famous from Bebo, Zoki, uh, Andy from Huddle. Yep. Can, yeah. this goes on chewy michael acton yeah, I actually i think i was there before chewy and before uh, andrew as well or he just came just after me but um but yeah i used to basically uh put on put an eventbrite link up with my with my flat details where i was living and just invite anyone over for a party i used to do them every like week or so i know Looking back now, I'm like, oh my God, how stupid were you? Uh, yeah, total strangers. Come on, here's my flat. Just join me. I know, I was insane, but it worked. And it got my name out of there and people began to knew who I was. And, um, you know, it really, really did work. And um, yeah, it's, it does seem crazy now. And, and from, uh, you know, I was running around Silicon Valley doing interviews with people like Mark Zuckerberg, Brian Chesky, Travis Kinlack, you know, the founders of Uber and Airbnb. When, uh, when their companies had like five or six employees. So, you know, I was there really early and, uh, you know, I was in Silicon Valley during a really exciting time of growth. And, um, and then from there, I did a TV show on Bravo that was, um, it was a $25 million budget. I loved the dress you were in, by the way, that gold dress. Where was yeah. that from, by the way? Sorry, I have to ask. It was uh, Rent the Runway, yeah, rentthe-runway.com, which is another tech startup that rents you uh, sort of designer clothes. Okay. So, um, so yeah, I had cameramen following me around for six months. It was, I mean, it was an incredible experience. I definitely got, you know, a taste of celebrity life in America, which is amazing. Reality TV show is n as far from reality as you can get. It's all manufactured. All It's not scripted, but it's, it's like they set up the scene and then they get you to talk about certain things. Um, but the show flopped. Uh, it was too it was too uh, geeky for mainstream America, and it was too mainstream for Silicon Valley, so it didn't really hit either audience. So it didn't get renewed for a second season. But um, I mean, what an experience! It was it was absolutely incredible. Who um, who was on the show with you? Your brother, I think. Was my one brother, he's an entrepreneur. Um, he's five years older than me, so we were building a house. He doesn't life. look five years older than I know, you. It's so annoying. He's got the young gene. <laughs> no, you've still got it. I'm just saying he doesn't look five years older than you. Yeah. Though. I know, I know, no, he's, he's good, he's good. But yeah, we did a healthcare startup on the TV show and then there were six other people um, who were there, they were following on the TV show and, you know, we're living in a, a villa with a swimming pool and getting getting flown private jet here, there and everywhere, like going to um, big rappers parties in Los Angeles. And I mean, it was it was a real taste of celebrity. It was amazing. But, um, but yeah, the show flopped and none of us became famous in the end. 
Well, you say that, you say that, but a certain young lady I know took up a hobby while she was in San Francisco. What was your hobby? Kite surfing, yeah. And you were surfing with, what, Loic Lamour, who's fairly famous out there, a certain Sir Richard Branson, I think. Yeah, that's right, that's right. (laughs) How did that come about? Um, So basically when I got to San Francisco, um, you know, I got... I made friends with all these people, all these entrepreneurs who loved kite surfing. And, you know, I think there's a lot about kite surfing that is the same as entrepreneurship. You know, you, it's really hard. You have to really try hard and then you fail lots, you know, your kite deflates or you get dragged under the water. And I think that's why a lot of entrepreneurs love it because it does take them outside of building a startup, but it's also very challenging. And I think one of the things of being an entrepreneur is that it attracts people that like a challenge. Um, and anyway, yeah, so these, these kiteboarding people were organizing a special trip called Mai Tai on Richard Branson's island with Richard Branson. And it was really the most amazing trip of a lifetime. Um, I mean, there was just a moment where Richard Branson and I actually were on the water with our kites going past each other. We high-fived. And <laughs> I know. And it was just, oh, gosh, it was just, you know, I was like, is this, how did I get here? Is this my life, you know? And, and then you um, famously kite surfed under the San Francisco Bridge as well, didn't you? Yeah, but hold on, there's more to the Necker ah, okay. Neck Island story. So when you're on Necker Island, Richard Branson's rich and famous friends would just drop in. And, um, you know, in the, in the press the day before, Harry Styles had been, uh, been um, having a row with Taylor Swift and that was front, front page news because they'd split up and they were in the Caribbean. Anyway, so Harry Styles just drops into Richard Branson's island for a day. As you do. Uh, yeah, as you do, I know, when we, when we were there. And um, I, of course, didn't know who the hell he was. Um, there was just the cute guy in the hot tub, and I was like, hey, what do you do? And he was like, uh, I'm in a band. And I was like, oh, really? Because, you know, I, 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 was, <laughs> I was so in tech. I wasn't, I, I wasn't, like, I didn't know who he was. And I was like, oh, yeah, what's your band called then? And he was like, uh, One Direction. I still didn't know then. I was like, oh, cool. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And one of our friends snapped a picture of us in the hot tub. And of course, he posted it on Facebook and it went viral. It went all around the world. I was on the front page of The Sun in a bikini as Harry Styles' other lover. And um, The Sun newspaper sent a journalist to track me down in Vegas, which is where I was after the, uh, the kite surfing trip. And he came up and said like, what do you have to say about Harry Styles? And then they offered me a hundred thousand pounds to do a a tell all, which I didn't. Um, I can't offer you a hundred thousand pounds, but I know, I know, I know, I know. Did you kiss him? Uh, Yeah, I think we did. Yeah. Good. Okay. It would be a wasted opportunity if you didn't. Yeah. There was a lot of alcohol involved and stuff. Can't really remember, but yeah, yeah. Good. We'll we'll leave it there. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, no, I woke up in Portugal uh, and you were front page of yeah. the papers and I just got my daughters and went, I know that woman. Yeah, I know. Um, I know. It was, it was crazy. It was amazing. But yeah, you can see, I mean, the media is such a machine. The, the, you know, the way they were so aggressively like hunting me down and asking me to do this exclusive. Yeah, you, you, well, you were prime news at the time. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Big names. Right, so after that yeah after that so my um so a a guy from singapore who was running a company called vibees he was looking for a co-founder in america because he was selling vibrators 
clitoral stimulators. And he was trying to sell them to women in America, but he was a nerdy Asian guy. Doesn't work. No. So he'd seen me on TV. He was like, okay, she understands technology and she's good at sales. She's good at, you know, marketing communications. And he, he pursued me for about two years, like saying, please be the co-founder of my startup. And at the time I was doing other things. Like, and then finally I had a sort of gap and I said, okay, I'll be your co-founder. And, um, and yeah, that was it really. And um, we grew that company to 1.5 million in sales dollars. And the, the, the year that we had there, those, those amazing sales figures was the, the year I also gave birth to my first child. Um, so at the time I didn't really think anything of it. I just gave birth. And then, you know, the day after birth, I was back on Skype calls like this with, with wow. investors. And, um, yeah, it was, I mean, it's so funny at the time I didn't think anything of it, but now I sort of on reflection, I thought, wow, what an amazing time in my life. And, um, I re- I've just recently written a book on it. Yes. What's the book called? Um, the book is called how to start million dollar companies and have babies at the same time. And it features me and six other startup moms, moms who have built million dollar companies and had babies at the same time. Um, and I've got some really amazing women in there. So Jesse Draper, who's the founder of Tim, Tim Draper. Um, she's got two boys and she's just raised a 10 million fund to invest in female led startups. Um, and then, um, Lauren, uh, Lorraine Dalamere, she's got a skincare um, mastermind company where she teaches other people how to build a skincare business and she's she's done five million revenue in the past couple of years um and then i've got loads of other mums who you know are just you know breaking the glass ceilings and just you know building their businesses from home with their laptops and being able to do the childcare at the same time and that that's really what the book is about you know traditionally women have had to choose you know between having a career and having children um, but with the internet, you know, you can work from anywhere. And, um, you know, especially as you were saying about having a supportive uh, wife um, or a supportive husband, sorry. Yes. Wife can do more. Um, so uh, Well, I, I fundamentally think child, child raising, clearly childbirth is purely a female thing mm-hmm. um, until, you know, till science changes that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but child raising has to be a duality it has to be both and I, I, you know men who say well you know i can't change nappies or ironing's not for me or yeah. what's the washing machine and where's that thing well you know it's the 21st century it's not the 19th century guys get over it you know it's yeah. your child as well yeah 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 my husband's great he's really really good and you know he does lots of of the at the house stuff which is great yeah and i think um what was it somebody said uh recently um oh a husband said i'll help you with the housework and his wife said no and he said i'm sorry it's not helping me with the housework it's your house as well yeah 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 that's a good point yeah it's the, those those details the way you speak language is so important yeah and i think i think we have to i mean my wife uh you know is very successful in her own right mm-hmm. and uh she she's the the main breadwinner in our family uh, of the two of us mm-hmm. um, but we have an equal relationship in bringing our children up and I think that's very important um, and do you, do you feel like she feels any resentment towards you for not you know for her going out to work every day and you having yeah. a relaxed life yeah there is there is the, there's an element where she would want me to have a more of that traditional male role of being the main breadwinner yeah. um, and she would want to have more of the, the traditional which I think is dying but the traditional female role of being at the school gate, uh, the mum's network, whatever. Um, but equally, I think knowing her 
character and personality i think it would stifle her and kill her i think she would hate that environment yeah um i i struggled when i first became the house husband yeah from having a successful corporate career and i really wasn't comfortable walking to the school gate pushing prams it just felt very uh metrosexual i wasn't there my brain hadn't moved to that place right I, i was the you know corporate company director driving an Aston Martin and playing rugby. I was the big alpha male, right? And now I was this beta male at the gate who, you know, was talking to mums about, let's go to, I don't know, kids music class, you know, at three o'clock. And I'm thinking, how do I get to this place in my life? Yeah. So why, why did you decide to do it that way? You two? She was the, she was the more successful. Um, in, she was running MSN, I was running the e-commerce division of Gateway Computers. Um, of the two of us, she was the more successful. Um, I'd had enough of corporate life, to be honest, with the corporate bullshit and politics that goes with it. Mm. Um, I was living in Dublin during the week anyway. Um, so I'd said, no, I'm happy. And I wanted to start my own company. Mm. I think you talked about it offline earlier, about being more creative. Yeah. And of the two, I'm the more creative, the more entrepreneurial. Yeah, um, and that can be good and that can be bad. You can have massive highs and massive lows, mm. um, and I've had both. Um, and yeah, I, I think Jill's much more of a steady, solid rock. And I think in relationships, you need both. You need yeah. that creative, entrepreneurial one, mm. and that steady rock who's going to give you, I, I guess, the backfall. You know, if you if you fail, they'll catch you, and if you succeed, yeah. they'll push you forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of my relationship as well. Yeah. Yeah. My husband's just gone, got a job, a very good steady job. And he sort of says to me, like, I'll be the steady ship and you can be the wild card. Yeah. And, you know, and Jill, Jill ad- admires what I do sometimes. Um, and, but she also loves the fact that I'm just this energy ball that goes out and does stuff. Yeah. And, and she's not that. She's an introvert. So it, yeah. it works quite well. Yeah, fantastic. fantastic. Anyway, less about me. This is more about you, young lady. Not about me. An interesting conversation because this is what my whole new book is about. You know, it's like in the beginning of the book, I say like, actually, it's really hard. And the only way to to be able to build a million dollar company and have kids at the same time is to be able to have full time childcare, whether that be your family or a nursery or nanny. I mean, you know, you need that cover or a husband. Um, So that it's interesting. Like, you know, it's, we are changing stereotypes and it's a very interesting conversation, I think. Yeah. I mean, you, you, okay. So not one to be shy of creating attention. You, you didn't do it deliberately, but it created attention. You were at the Europas with Mike Butcher. Mm -hmm. You had your, was it your daughter or son? I'm not quite sure. My son was newborn. Yeah. And he asked me to moderate the panel and uh of course as life goes when i was up on stage with the, uh, with the microphone uh octavius my son started crying 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 so i tried jiggling i tried um sort of walking standing up and walking him around whilst the other ladies were speaking and in the end like you know i just thought fuck it i'm just gonna put him on my boob and i, I did and it really really wasn't planned but then you know somebody wrote a blog post about it and it went viral and um you know and what was the what was the feedback from women? Um, well, the lady who wrote the blog post said initially she was shocked, and uh, she her she said her she couldn't get her brain around it that she was at a tech conference full of mainly men and there was a woman breastfeeding on stage, and you know she's female herself. Hmm. Um, 
And but then she's the reason she wrote the post is because she wanted to applaud me and congratulate me and say well done. Um, Do you think so, you broke a taboo barrier? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, you know, there's there's still loads of taboo around breastfeeding when it really, you know, we you see if you see a cow in a field feeding their young, you're seeing breastfeeding. We, you know, we are animals, and breastfeeding shouldn't be like shrouded in secrecy. It is it is the most natural thing on the planet, so it shouldn't be embarrassing, but for some reason in society it is, especially in America. Yeah, 50% of the planet have breasts. Exactly, exactly. And um, yeah, it is, you know, we're all breastfed. And uh, it's yeah. sadly men's fascination with them that stops it becoming yeah, normal. Exactly, exactly. So there you go. But I mean, talking about breaking taboos, I mean, obviously starting a, a vibrator company is breaking a massive taboo. Women, yeah. women... Only until recently in my, my group of female friends have been openly, you know, saying, oh, yes, I've got one. Yeah, I've got one. Yeah, no problem. Up until then, it was like never talked about, even if you had one. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it's interesting. When we started by Bees and we were really pushing it in America, um, you know, it was like covered in the press loads and loads and loads. And we got our first round of fun- uh, funding. Oh no, we could. Yeah, we found it really hard to get our first first round of t- funding because we were the world's first smart vibrator, and you know I was going into room. You know I was going into a boardroom with sixty sort of um, middle-aged white men investors who were just like, uh, "What the hell is this thing?" Right. And um, yeah, we couldn't. That's right. We couldn't. We couldn't raise. That's why I left the company actually because we couldn't raise a second round of funding. Um, but now there are hundreds of vibrator companies and they're all getting funded so easily and so you know and we're like six years later now so it just depends on a time and a place you know a lot of a lot of entrepreneurship is about luck and a lot of it's about timing and we would we were too early in a way um but yeah i think we we broke down taboos and you know i mean what i say is every human every human that's living on the planet is a product of sex so sex should not be a taboo subject it's 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 natural blame those victorians exactly exactly but it still is in lots of ways so um so yeah so i i uh i that was really cool and then after i couldn't raise i basically got to the point where i couldn't pay myself salary um just because you know we couldn't raise our funding and you know our sales were going down and then my friend suggested me for a role as head of communications at tinder and um i just went for it and i had about six rounds of interviews and uh, and got the job and you know six figure salary kind of thing and you know it was an amazing experience because before then my job had been working with startups you know trying to get them covered in places like bbc TechCrunch. with tinder it was the opposite i was fighting off journalists wanting to write about tinder um so it was really interesting. It was an awesome place. So I was on the PR and marketing team that were responsible for PR and marketing for 91 million swipes per day. Wow. So, yeah, that just shows you. People have got a lot, lot of time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, may, it was an amazing experience. I mean, you know, to, you know, a startup that didn't exist seven years ago, now a global phenomenon, just incredible. Yeah, I mean, I think it was fundamentally, technically, forget forget what it was doing, because there have been dating companies before Tinder. Yeah. They weren't the first dating company. No. But it was the, it was the technology, it was that swiping capability, that simplicity yeah. that really made them. 
it was a swiping mechanism. So it was the, yeah, I think a lot of engineers, when they build a product, they, they try to put too many features, overcomplicate it. But Tinder was so simple. You just swipe left or right. And um, yeah, it just, it just went viral. You know, I always say to new startups I'm working with, you have to do the grandma test. You know, if your grandma can't use the technology you're building, then you're, you're doing something wrong. Yeah, I hope I never find your grandma on Tinder, though. That's the <laughs> ah, that was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it, there was a couple of uh, fun stats. I, I, I wanted to ask you, I, 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 and I guess you, if you know the answer, I don't know. Do men just swipe right really quickly? They, they work on the percentages. Oh, she's good looking. What? I don't care. What does she do for a job? No idea. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> And it's the numbers game. And, and do women do it much more deliberately? You know, how, think, how, um, how does it work, do you think? Yeah, I think even, on, even in an in a offline situation, humans are still, uh, will still judge somebody else on an attractive level of looks. Um, but yeah, women, men, men do tend to, 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 to swipe more profiles. Uh, but there were some interesting stats that came out for some campaigns we ran. So 60% of women swipe less on men with beards. So there you go, chaps. Cut that yeah, goatee exactly. off. Exactly, cut it off. And um, yeah, we did so many interesting campaigns. We did a big campaign with the NHS to promote organ donation, and uh, we had sort of um, the, the NHS came to us and said, uh, you know, eleven thousand people died last year because they couldn't get a match uh, for their organs, and um, and we ran this campaign where you know you had a special celebrity profile card, and when you swipe right, it would say it's a match. If only it was that easy to get an organ don- donation match. And there was a link to sign up to donate your organs, and it was the biggest, the most successful campaign in the history of the NHS organ donation department. They had like twenty-five thousand signups within the first twenty-four hours, and of course, it was reported everywhere from BBC to Daily Mail because it was people were like Tinder in the NHS. What the fuck? Um, Excuse my language. Not sure. Am I allowed to swear on your radio show? You have now. It's okay. <laughs> we'll move on. <laughs> we'll bleep you out later. Okay, good. Um, so, so yeah, it was amazing, and I had an amazing boss, Rosette Pambakian, and um, she, she was, you know, she knew really knew her stuff. So, it was a really interesting time. And then, um, and then they brought in a load of sort of high level management, and I decided it was my time to go. I wanted to go back to startups and. Um, yeah, since then, I've basically been consulting. So working with all different types of startups all over the world on building their brand online and, um, you know, helping them get coverage in media, helping them work on their go-to-market messaging. Um, I worked for a property company called Property Simple based in Arizona last year. Um, this year, I worked for a company in the Czech Republic. Um, now I'm working with a, a new dating app called Hailey, um, who basically are a Tinder competitor and they're doing really, really well. And they basically um, have ended the the sending of dick pics because when... <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Says, Sorry. Damn. Sorry. You missed out. <laughs> but basically, when you sign on to Hailey, you, um, you have to basically take a photo that verifies who you are. So you can't create a fake profile. You can't create a uh, fake account. And so, yeah, people don't want to send dick pics when it's the, a, a real picture of them. Good. I don't yeah. want any either. Yeah. <laughs> Not for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, um, so yeah, I'm inter- I'm just just started with them, so that should be interesting. Okay, and do do you find um, juggling your life right now is this the hardest it's been in, in terms of 
managing young children, the house and trying to be an entrepreneur? Is that the hardest place you've been at? Definitely. And actually, recently I was diagnosed with autoimmune disease. And I think... Can you explain that a little bit more? Yeah, um, it's basically a chronic skin condition. But I think I just, you know, with everything that's going on, I just push myself too hard and my body was like... Mm. Um, so, you know, I mean, they say it's a lifelong condition, but I think I, I'm, I'm a believer that everything can be cured with diet. And, you know, I've already... Um, it hasn't been back for a few months. So... Um, but yeah, I just think, you know, since we moved from San Francisco and then we came back and then we bought a house and then we, you know, had our second baby and I was working throughout the whole time and yeah, it was just too much. My body just was like, no, I think any, any, any people with young children, you know, life is just chaotic and, you know, there's just so many, so many balls in the air. Mm -hmm. Yeah, My, um, my children have been, you know, and have been in care a lot, whether we've had au pairs, we've had nannies, they go to, they've been to nursery since they were eight months old. So, um, so yeah, they, they've had a lot of care and I wouldn't have been able to continue working unless, unless that would happen. Cause you literally can't write an email with a, with a toddler around. No, no, you, you literally are put them down right quickly as you can. And then yeah, strangely, yeah. they wake up faster than you want. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't change it for the world. I, I, I as I say, my kids are the, the hardest, but the best startup I've ever worked on. Um, yes, I agree. Yeah. And then you look back and I, I, I was saying to you offline that I've got a 19 year old and a 14 year old and, uh, they're beautiful, but, but wow, it's a journey. It, it's a wonderful journey. I've still got some of the best journey parts to come now, the wedding, the, the grandchildren, but they're miles in the future, thankfully. Hopefully, better be girls if you're listening. Um, yeah. I do not want to be a granddad in the next 20 years, please. That's 20 fine. 20 years? Wait, your, your daughter's 90? Yeah, she can wait. She can get a career, travel, yeah. take her time. There's no rush. I don't need the title of granddad. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. My mum my refuses. She's like, I'm not granny, I'm Mutti. She's made up a new name for herself, <laughs> um yeah so do, you, well, do you get back to turkey a lot yeah we go my husband's turkish well he's american turkish but we go back every, we're going in two weeks we go back every summer so that's good so. that's nice so uh, what else is keeping you interested in this world have you noticed any of the new stuff that's going on with social media is it dead is social media like ugh, so done to death um well i think it's interesting i think I'm noticing a big change in the way people post now. I think people are re really over the perfect selfie. Um, you know, everybody knows that you can stick an in a filter on something or edit something and make you look like you have the perfect life. And I think everybody's, it's giving everyone anxiety because we all feel like we need to keep up with other people and we all feel like other people are living the perfect lives and we don't, you know, we're not, we're not, um, we're not qualified. And, um, and yeah, I think Instagram just announced that they're going to take off the like numbers. Yes. So you'll no longer be able to see how many likes a picture off because apparently young people are just literally chasing likes. And like, there was a guy in America that did a YouTube stunt where he, um, shot his wife, but he, he meant to not actually shoot her cause she was holding up like a metal plate, but the trick went wrong and the bullet went through and she actually died just because they were trying to do, can I just say they win the Darwinian Award for stupidity? I know, I know, but they were doing it to try and build their brand online, and you know. Well, clearly it didn't work. Thank God. I mean, sorry yeah. for her, but anyone who points a gun at me and yeah. says, "Let's get some more likes," is I know stupid. I know. Well, yeah. You, the thing is, is a lot of people are really struggling in life, and mm -hmm. you know, they see they see other people making money online and being influencers and 
you know, everybody wants a piece of that because, you know, people are really, really struggling for money and to feed their kids and just to feed themselves. And so I think, um, I think uh, I'm really excited about blockchain actually, because I think the current, the current world is collapsing um, the current, you know, economic and social model. And I think there is a, a new, cleaner, more fluid way, way to live. And I think we're seeing the beginnings of it now. Um, I think social media has enabled everybody to become a celebrity, a mini celebrity. Um, so, you know, you, you, you're a celebrity on Facebook. You've got loads of friends. You're really well known in the industry. Um, you know, you've got lots of connections in tech, but you know, any, anyone can now, um, sort of become their own little celebrity online. And, um, I think soon the advertisers are going to have to pay us a percentage of the advertising revenue, which means basically we'll, we'll all get paid for being ourselves, which will be amazing. And, um, yeah, that's been the nirvana of people being paid for their time and attention. Yeah. Um, trouble is we are all so undemanding of the advertising companies because we simply expect it will happen one day and it doesn't seem to happen. I, I would love it to happen. I think, maybe this new blockchain libro facebook currency maybe the start of where it makes it easier and more dynamic okay i will share your post if you give me i don't know one libra if that's even yeah. a currency right now yeah. um, and then advertising companies go okay i've got an easy mechanism for sharing my value that you're yeah. generating for me back with you. Yeah, yeah. Because asking Hermione, Hermione, oh, can you share this post with me? And can I have your bank account details, please? And can I have your, or whatever, whatever, would be a nightmare. Because, you know, yeah. A, you couldn't do that. Um, okay, you might do it with the top 100 Instagram influencers, but yeah, you can't yeah. do it to the long tail. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. maybe, maybe Libra, if it comes to life eventually, yeah. uh, will allow that model. I don't know. Yeah, no, I think it will. I think that's exactly what they're aiming for with it. And um, yeah, I mean, if, you know, Facebook has two or three billion users. So, you know, they'll be larger than any bank in the world. And um, I'm really excited about it, actually. I think um, I think people are also waking up to environmental issues of, you know, we've basically been poisoning ourselves for years. All of our food is toxic. Our, all of the sort of home products we use are full of chemicals. I think, you know, there's, there's a global awakening. More people are becoming vegan. I think there's a global awakening of people wanting, wanting to be healthier and fitter. And, um, you know, I follow this hashtag on Instagram called body transformation. And, you know, you see huge people that are obese and they're, they're going through their body transformation. They're becoming fitter, leaner, they're losing loads of weight. And they're really inspired by each other and seeing other people's journeys. And, you know, I think the internet can be, scary place but i also think it's a wonderful place for so many things no i, I agree i think it, it has the ability to do massively good mm. as well as unfortunately reflect human society and do massively bad as well you know mm. the world is full of good and bad um I, you, you've have you finally gone vegan or, or or where are you on your journey i'm almost there i just it's just cheese that i can't give up but <laughs> i'm trying i'm trying <laughs> the least least difficult thing i would think to give up me for me it would be meat but but you it's the cheese okay i know i know yeah i mean i do it for the animal welfare i love animals and um you know i was petting a sheep at the weekend and the sheep was obviously enjoying my massage i thought it was a pig um no that was yeah there was a pig last week and i oh so it's a random weekly petting an animal week is it well i live in i live in the country so and I take my son um, to there's a local kind of farm that we go to quite a lot. Right. 
Yeah, I just love that. I think that I think animals are way more intelligent than we give them credit for, and um, that's that's why I do it. Yes, read Animal Farm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. What about you? You have you made any lifestyle changes recently? Yeah, um, I I've cut down a lot of red meat. Um, I unfortunately I'm, I've got a hip operation coming up, but I've got the Andy Murray hip operation, which is good. It's just a quick shave, bit of metal put in bang we're back right back um so the last couple of years have been difficult exercise wise and are you so, in a lot of pain then um i can be if i walk on it a long time um literally if i, it, I this weekend we had two parties and i was stood on my feet the whole time and by the time i got home it was in agony but you know it's only a few weeks away and i'll be fine i'm i'm not going to moan and groan I, I typically male didn't do anything about it sooner and left it it'll magically get better i'm i'm a man it magically gets better yeah. why do i need to see a doctor yeah 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 um and then it didn't get better and now um yeah so it's fine i'm I'm good with that but yeah i am making small changes my children more so than me so both my girls have now decided not to eat beef mm-hmm. um they're not going completely vegan yet but but they they're moving down that road and they're, they're much more aware of the effect of animals in the planet and so my daughters both gave up beef because of the flatulence of cows and and, and the co2 and they're very aware which is great so i am seeing a massive sea change that way um i think the challenge we're going to have is between what you said earlier which is automation of technology through ai machine learning is going to make less and less people employed we're going to have fewer people there's going to be a struggle for income Mm. when we all know when income have you ever, well, you must have done it. I, I've done it. When I juice or diet, it costs double the, the income mm. to actually eat better yeah. than yeah. it does to go and have a crappy McDonald's for 99p and a couple of chips, you know. And so, so if income reduces, I don't think the world will go yeah. towards those healthier choices because yeah. people just don't have the option. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's crazy that we live in a world where vegetables cost more than a McDonald's, but, um, unfortunately that's 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 capitalism and um yeah well i think it's i think yeah it's changing though people are growing their own vegetables people are you know looking looking for cheaper options and um i was just reading about yesterday there's like lots of city farms now that are growing um horizontal farming and sort of growing in sort of more lab environments so there will be more cheaper options i think in the future yeah there's the impossible burger which is brilliant which I have, I really want to try and taste just because if it tastes exactly the same, I'm in, you know, uh, uh, that will be a game changer for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've got a wine importing business and um, we do only organic and biodynamic wines now. So no chemical based wines. So yeah. that's another change that's coming about. Yeah. People, yeah. They put loads of sulfates in wine. And I don't touch any wine with it now. Um, it, it was designed originally to, create a longevity to wine but if you ever freeze a bottle of wine by mistake yeah you've tried to chill it but it freezes and then you unfreeze it and you watch the sediment at the bottom that's all the chemical sediment and and californian wines actually are probably the worst for it yeah um they are changing but they are the worst for it and that's the stuff that gives you the real bad headaches Um, and if you think about it i mean yeah, I'm cutting down on my alcohol, but and I've got a wine importing business. But yeah. the, the 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 thing about it is the amount of abuse we put into our bodies in terms mm. of alcohol. Let's not add chemicals to it as well. Mm. Same with um, 
a friend of mine who's a nurse said, never, ever, ever have anything other than organic milk. The stuff you get in other milk is just full of chemicals and you're putting that into your body. And so, you know, and again, talking to friends who are very much into this, you know, carrots that are organic um, because they've been in the ground, right? And anything that's in the ground with chemicals around it gets soaked into the vegetable. So washing it on the outside makes no difference at all. Right. Yeah. So when people say, oh, just wash the chemical stuff and the waxy stuff off. No, it's gone into the core of the product. Mm. So, yeah, those are uh, we've certainly gone organic. We've certainly gone uh, slightly vegan. Um, I, I think that is a trend. But but I think the other trend is you're right. Social media is becoming less fake. Mm-hmm. Um, oddly, when fake news is becoming more prevalent. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. I think we're on the on the cusp of a, a Web 3.0, I think, yeah. um, blockchain, I AI stuff. But And then some days I sit back and I cry because I look at Brexit and I look at Boris Johnson, I look at Donald Trump and I think okay. I can't make any difference there. It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. It's, um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's, it's the rise, you know, it's fascism. It's people are scared of what they don't know. And, um, you know, these guys are fueling it. So it's, it's just uh it's devastating it's, i'm heartbreaking all my european friends are just like what is going on in the uk it's embarrassing yeah well um a friend that you may know penny power just posted last night saying that she was in spain and the car hire people wouldn't speak to her in english saying no nope, irrelevant language don't need to speak spanish you're here in spain now wow and she's wow. like no well i'm the customer and they're going don't care you're just english we don't care anymore Wow. Wow. Yeah. People are really pissed. Well, if you think about what the European Union was set up for, it was set up after the Second World War to keep peace between the fighting countries. So it was basically like a peace pact. Mm. And now we're basically saying, exactly, bugger off to a 50 year peace pact. And it's, it's terrible. It's, it's really, we've behaved so badly. And I blame David Cameron and Boris Johnson. I mean, they, they started this whole thing, but it's, it's, it's really no wonder Europe are pissed off with us. Yeah, and I think I think the, the, the big thing that we've done is we never really embraced it. So, mm. you know, we never embraced the euro. We never embraced the Schengen area, which is that free movement area. And I think the problem we've got is I think we're going to become this little island. Uh, and, you know, whether, whether you stay in the island or move to the Californian, you know, because you are... See, that's the one thing I like is that people who have moved have got different perspectives on life. They, they've seen the world from a different viewpoint. Yeah. Whereas I think a lot of people who live and only remain in England look at it from our viewpoint here outwards and have never looked at it any other way. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, after I had my daughter in America, they sent me a bill for $50,000. And uh, Ouch. You know, yeah, you don't pay all of that. Your insurance pays like forty k of it. Right. Still, when you're when you just given birth, you don't want to be thinking about paying a bill. You want to be thinking about recovering. And you know, if that's if we do Brexit goes through, that's what's going to happen to us. The NHS is going to get privatized, and that's that's how you know how our healthcare system is going to be run. And it's it's terrible. It's really the worst healthcare system in the world. So it's it's really sad. I I just hope that some somebody steps in and saves it. I did offer my daughter's dual nationality with an Indian passport. They weren't very keen though. Wow, well, India will be more powerful than us soon. So, well, yeah. it already is, but I mean, on the global sort of stage. Yeah, they're not quite keen there yet. We'll see in 10 years' time. Um, Hermione, thank you very much. It's been Brilliant. a pleasure.
Thank you, Sam. That show was amazing. To listen again, please visit our website, marlofm.co.uk, or visit our Facebook group, Sam Talks Technology. And now you can subscribe on iTunes. Never miss a show again. See you next week. Same time, same place.